We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is Tyrese Halliburton, and you're listening to Setting the Pace. What is going on? Welcome back to the final episode of the season goals. Woo! We've made it, Fachi. It's been a long time coming, but here we are. We're here to talk about the rest of the roster. Our front court. We've got Jordan Moore, Jalen Smith, Isaiah Jackson. How excited are you to talk about these three young players? I'm pretty excited, but I think this is also one of those where these are three guys that um, it's a little bit hard to predict necessarily who's going to rise and you know you don't want to say who may fall but these are three guys that have a lot to prove this year and this is a pivotal year for all three players um Jordan Awards you know for starters hey not under contract past this year Jalen Smith brought in with big expectations and then Isaiah Jackson a, a young big going into year 3 still needs to have his his option picked up Moving forward, but a lot to prove this year. Maybe the most to prove out of any of these players. Mm. No, you're you're exactly right about that. But before we get into that, I'm just curious because uh, just the other day, I heard a hilarious story from my friend John talking about him and his now wife. They were on a date and he had to use the bathroom very badly at this place that had a very uh, sketchy bathroom. And when he went to go to the bathroom... <laughs> It was padlocked, so he had to go, and uh, it was chain locked, so he had to go get the guy at the front to unlock it for him. Like just super awkward. Like this is his third date with his soon to be his wife now. So at the time, it was just his girlfriend. I'm thinking, man, this is really embarrassing for a guy on his third date. And I'm curious, have you ever had any instances where you've had to like, you know, take care of business, and it just has been a very awkward situation? Absolutely. Oh my god, I'd say <laughs> I'd say after about a week and a half of dating my now wife. I said, here's the thing. I get pretty gassy after I eat dinner. <laughs> I, I really like hanging out with you, but if the, I just said to her, she can confirm. 
if we're going to keep this moving forward, I need to be able to be myself. And that that was essentially her being like, so what does that mean? Oh, okay. I get it. And it was like, look, you in or you out. And she's a trooper, stood by me. Hey, the, the rest is history. But the next thing on that example is, you know me, I love buffalo chicken. Oh, love no. It. I, I'm not going to go into too many details of this, but <laughs> buffalo chicken, when I eat it, I sweat. I sweat pretty bad. First time I met my wife's parents, my in-laws, I was eating a buffalo chicken sandwich, profusely sweating. Oh, no. And I mean, I'm talking to them. They're asking me questions, and they're like, are you good right now? Like, are you nervous? And I mean, I got, like, the sweat's coming down where it's at, like, the tip of your nose. Like, it's really, like, you know, dripping like that. And it was... uh it was one of those where this is a ticket time bomb at that point of like, all right, we got to get out of this restaurant within the next 45 minutes or so. Uh, yeah. You know? But hey, that's that. But what about you? Have you uh, been in that awkward position? Before? I've been in a few awkward positions or, you know, situations. I mean, there was one time, which the girl I was dating at the time, actually, that was kind of funny, but my grandmother came unglued. We were at Cheesecake Factory. There was, as my parents, my grandmother and my girlfriend in high school at the time, we were at Cheesecake Factory and I... My stomach was just kind of like upset after I ate, you know, it just kind of happens oh, yeah. that way sometimes. And as I step into the car, <laughs> one scooted out, you know, one squeaked oh, out. Oh, yeah. And my girlfriend at the time starts cracking up. And my grandmother goes, Alex Golden, that is so disrespectful. I cannot believe you just did that. And she just starts reading me the right act. You know, I mean, I'm getting yelled at by my grandma in front of my girlfriend. Oh, my, my girlfriend's God. laughing. My mom and dad are just sitting up there in the front like that. They don't know what to say. Like when grandma's going, you just got to let her go. You got uh, now, I do have a funny confessional story. When about Ooh. playing Little League Baseball. You, you ever know those like one o'clock games? It's like the worst time because it's right after lunch. It, I played catcher. Okay. And this is a very embarrassing Tough story, position to be in. Uh, you know, you I'm telling you, let rip. Okay, so I had to poop really bad. Okay, <laughs> and I'm catching right, and I'm squatting behind the the play, and I'm just like, oh my god, how am I going to keep doing this? I can't. I got to go to the bathroom. The inning finishes. Well, unfortunately, I was third up to bat that inning, but I had to go, so I run full throttle to the bathroom. Now. Remind you, I've got on my pants. I've got on my shin guards. I've got on my sliding shorts. I've got on my cup. I've got all the works on. So I'm it's talking like five to six layers. I'm trying. And I mean, it's like the diuretic poop, Foch. You know what I mean? And yeah. so I am slowly starting to take them off. And I wasn't over the toilet yet. As I pull my pants down and finally get to that point, a huge mess, just clump of poop just falls right next to the toilet. From yours truly. So I'm just like 11, oh, 12 years old. And it's just a big old pile sitting there next to the toilet. I don't know what to do. I'm trying to hustle to get back. So I wipe, take care of myself, wash my hands, get back to the game. After the game's over, probably like three more innings left in the game. I go back to the bathroom afterwards because I had to pee at this point. You know, you're drinking a lot of water, Gatorade, stuff like that. And there's a guy in there cleaning the bathroom that was a volunteer for the Township Little League. And he goes... Who the F does this? Somebody just S'd all over the floor. Can you believe that? And it was me, obviously. <laughs> and oh, I course. said, I said, oh, can you believe people? That's just disgusting. <laughs> oh, yeah. No one wants to I own was, up to that. I was not admitting to that at the moment. I washed my hands after I peed, went out, and I told my parents, and I was so embarrassed. But that is probably the most embarrassing poop story I have, but it is pretty funny if you think about it. Yeah. I mean, that that's definitely a wild one. Playing in the catcher position, being in that spot, that, that ain't going to help. <laughs> but, uh, Man, this is not the direction I thought we were going to go in today <laughs> when we are talking about some season goals hey. of some of these patients. But you never know 
what you're going to hear on an episode of Setting the Pace. Yeah, and you never know, but we're not going to give you any more crap. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. We're going to give you the good stuff here, Five. So we're going to talk about the young players. Who do you want to start with? Give me Jordan Awara. He's a guy that we had on our show. I I loved when the Pacers made the move for Jordan. I loved what we saw following you know, that trade to bring him to Indiana. The only problem is I just don't know what opportunity there's going to be for him this year. Do you want the first goal or do you want me to give it? Uh, you can go ahead. I'm going stay ready. Now, I know it sounds rough, but playing time for Jordan Ward, we mentioned it. It's going to be hard to come by. I mean, he does a lot of similar things to other players on this team. He's a scorer, a really good three-point shooter. A guy not known for his defense. I mean, we got a few of those. But there's also guys like Aaron Neesmith and Jarris Walker that are going to be battling for some of those backup minutes. And Jarris might be battling for a starting position. But we saw Noir last year as looked at as basically the only four on the team at one point. You know, you had Aaron Neesmith as well. And now all of a sudden the Pacers bring in Obi Toppin and Jarris Walker. So that makes it tough. Maybe he could slide up to being at the three a bit, but you never know how things could play out. And at one point, the Pacers might look to turn to Jordan to give him that chance. However, the leash on that chance may not be too long. But one thing I do know is Jordan has been putting in that work all offseason, and he was one of the few players to show up at Tyrese Halliburton's press conference. Hmm. He was someone that Miles Turner really spoke highly on the work that he's been putting in this offseason. And it is a contract year 
for Jordan. So he's got a lot to prove, and I think he's going to make the most of those opportunities, but he's got to stay ready for whenever those opportunities may come. No, Fachi, I, I basically said something similar to that, and I said, show Rick Carlisle that you've improved as a defender so you'll log more playing time. Look, yeah. he's a lights-out shooter, and if he you is. can play better defense, it'll be hard to keep him off the court. So I think that if he can show Carlisle, like, hey, not necessarily on ball, but maybe as a team defender, just like better defensively and, and, and more present defensively, I think that it's going to be hard to say, okay, we can't take a lights-out shooter off the court because – He's playing good defense. If you can get both of those, then you're getting a double whammy. So I, I definitely think that if he can improve it as a defender, it's going to be very hard for Rick Carlisle to keep him off the court. It's what he has to do at this point because the game is played on two different sides of the ball. I mean, it's it's just, you know, not to say a football term, but look, there's offense and then there's defense. If he ain't giving defense a team that drastically needs to improve, you're probably not going to play that much. But Leading into my next, Alex, you read me like a book before <laughs> in the last episode. It's shoot 40% from three. Now, here's the thing. Jordan War shot a blistering 42.2% from three last year for the Pacers. Very healthy four and a half attempts per game. In his short career, he's a 39% three-point shooter. And he mentioned when he came on our show, he was not thrilled standing in the corner in Milwaukee. But this man can flat out shoot. And if the Pacers end up moving on from Buddy Heald at some point, you can make an argument that Jordan War could instantly become the second-best three-point shooter on this team mm-hmm. behind Tyrese Halliburton. And at that point, Jordan, if that three-point ball ain't falling for a guy who's not known for his defense, it's going to be hard to get on the court. But yeah. shooting will always find you a way to get in the game. And so far, the last few years, that's kind of been his calling card. No, I agree. I mean, he could be, honestly, he could even make a push for the best shooter this year. I mean, I, I know it's hard to beat Buddy, but like, it still, is. he's got a beautiful shot. And we he saw does. him just light it up against the Hawks on the road. Like, he has that capability. Oh, my God. Of doing that was that. a special game. I'm just telling you, like, he's got that in him. So it, he's one of those guys that I really like him. I just find it hard for me to find a, a spot for him in the rotation. And it's like, me I hate too. that feeling because he's young, fits the team and what they want to do. But you can only play so many guys. That's kind of where I'm stuck with him at. But I did say, we saw last year that they gave him the opportunity to be an on-ball scorer, like have the ball in his hands yep. a little bit and maybe kind of run point every once in a while. So I thought, okay, that experience last year was good. But let's see if you can improve upon that. Can you become a true on-ball scorer and not just a catch-and-shoot kind of guy? Because we know that this offense is a little bit different probably than what he ran at Louisville. So it's not going to be the same. I... uh I think that this is going to be fun to see him with the ball in his hands a little bit more, just doing some things differently than what he's done. So if he can kind of come in there and be that Benedict Mathurin for the second unit, like that'd be really cool. Like, okay, we're going to go to him for our scoring needs right now. We need someone to get us a bucket. Let's go to Jordan Mora. Um, but sometimes you need a guy to be able to do that with the ball in his hands and not necessarily coming off of a screen or getting a great pass from Tyrese or even Nimhard or, or McConnell, you need a guy that can just get you a bucket when you need one. And I think if he can improve upon that, that'd be great. It really would, because what we saw from him, he was a really good scorer at the end of the year. I know you already highlighted that Hawks game. It was just, it was so impressive what he did. And Jordan was like one of the few highlights in the remaining 15 games of the season, I would say. When things weren't going well, they were going great for Jordan Wara. I do think if the Pacers are to do something like, you know, come up with a trade where it is, say, Buddy and someone else that they package together, 
in a deal that does create minutes for Jordan and the scoring ability and the three point, you know, capabilities. So I kind of feel like Jordan could be someone that is traded just because he doesn't have any, any years left on his deal. And he could kind of be a salary that's included in a deal. Maybe if it is with a, a Tice or a buddy or anything of the sort, but man, I, I would like to see him thrive in Indiana. Just the opportunity might not be there. That's why it was hard for me to be able to say, hey, average 13 points per game or average 10 minutes per game or anything. I I just do not know what to predict for him that is realistic based on the opportunity. But Andrew Nemhard will always be that example of a guy that we didn't have any expectations for and ended up being a really vital player for the Pacers last year. Speaking of low expectations, let's move on to Isaiah Jackson. I don't have high expectations for him this year. I think that coming into year three, he does have a lot to prove, but my expectations are not very high for him, Fachi. So my first goal for Isaiah Jackson is, defensively, can he show the coaching staff that he can stay out of foul trouble and provide more than blocking shots? I would love to see him be utilized in a different way than just, oh, this guy is going to protect the rim and is going to get in a lot of foul trouble. Is there a really ever going to be an opportunity for him to showcase that he can be an on-ball defender that they praised that he could be when they drafted him. So for me, I just think that this is a great opportunity for him to show the coaching staff that, hey, I can stay out of foul trouble. That was just summer league. Don't don't knock me too much for that. I mean, I was a little rusty. I hadn't played in a couple months, but I'm going to provide, you know, the ability to not get in foul trouble and block shots, protect the rim, and, and potentially do more. Maybe be a better rebounder, something like that, because we know that Isaiah Jackson – um, could be a little bit more efficient on the glass. He really could. And I think that is exactly where you have to start because I I hate how he was really pulling down boards in summer league, but it immediately got casted to the side due to the foul trouble that we saw him in. And yeah. just to lead it in, I'm right with you. My number one goal for him was cut the fouls down because if he can't stay out of foul trouble, he can't get on the court or he can't stay on the court. That's been a knock on Isaiah for the last two seasons is that the fouls have been there. He He's come in there. The, the playing time has been very inconsistent, but he's picked up fouls immediately. And then it's back to the bench. And some really that's what we wanted to see him cl- clean up. He had 14 fouls in two games. Mm. One of those games, he had eight fouls. That's not even a, a possibility in an NBA game. So I just think that the Pacers, if they want to give him more responsibility, it has to come with not trying to – I like the fact that he tries to contest everything, but yeah. it's not realistic. It's not. You know, he's biting on a lot of pump fakes. He's he's getting, you know, fouling people, sending them to the line. He's a good shot blocker. He is. Mm. Averaged one and a half shot blocks, you know, last year, uh, block shots. But if you're blocking one shot per game, but you're sending three guys to the line, it, it's it's not evening out. So I think at this point, it's um, that's got to be my number one ask for him is cut the fouls down. I would love to see the rebounding improve, like you mentioned, because quite frankly, he hasn't been a good rebounder in the yeah. NBA so far. He really hasn't. I feel that Jalen Smith was a better rebounder than him. Obviously, there's Miles, and it's just like Daniel Jarris. Tice. Yeah, I mean, Jarris. I mean, it's just I think that Isaiah out of the group, probably has the most room to grow on the boards. And I don't want Summer League to fool us because that was not NBA talent that he was going up against. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that, Fachi. And so for my last goal for him, I said offensively, be more than a dunker. That's all we've really seen him do with his offense. There's been 
maybe a play here or there where you see him knock down a jumper. And we even said at the Denver game, like that jumper he took on oh, the baseline yeah. looked pretty good. So it did. I said, okay, be more than a dunker. Set stronger screens because he can be a little bit eh, lackluster on his screen setting. I think he's just not very sharp there yet. But I would like to see him set stronger screens and then evolve as a spot-up shooter. So, yeah, I'm giving you like two or three things, whatever, but it's more so just like expand your game defensively and offensively. Those are my two goals for him. Like, don't just be like block shots and dunks. I, I want to see him evolve in both sides of the court. It's, it's it's very accurate. I mean, for, for my goal, I have shoot 40% for three. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Look, no, I don't. Uh, there's actually no <laughs> Are you sure? Did no. you change it because I called no. you out about Bill Davis? There is no scenario where that happens. I uh, You would think <laughs> I copied off your test piece. I have the same thing. It's developed uh, some sort sure. of an offensive game. Some sort. This is year three. He's still reliant. Just like you mentioned, alley-oops, put-back dunks, anything inside the paint. I've accepted he won't be a three-point shooter. Yeah. We saw flashers in Kentucky that we hoped could be there on the next level. Yeah. As a rookie, five of 16 from three. Okay, well, he'll, he'll ramp it up year two. He was two of 14 last year. He didn't ramp it up. If anything, he, he ramped it down. He shot 14% from three. <laughs> I don't ramped see, it down? Yeah. I don't know if that's a saying. I don't think it is. <laughs> he, uh, whatever it was. It came down. It felt like in in summer league, the perfect opportunity to try something different. I like it. He yeah. never shot outside the paint in the two games in summer league. Didn't even attempt a mid range, mm. a three. That was the chance to say, "Hey, what does it matter? I'm going to let it fly a little bit." Try. He didn't. Now that makes me feel that maybe the Pacers have accepted. Hey, that's not really your game as much. Let's just play to your strengths. So at this point, it's just, is there anything outside of the paint that can be done? You know, maybe it's making a move on your own. I'm not asking you to, you know, become a, a Jarris Walker distributing the ball or a, a three-point mid-range shooter, anything of the sort. But can there be something else other than just catching a lob or going up with a dunk? I uh I would say the only way to go for uh, Isaiah Jackson is up. So yes. let's hope that he ramps it up and doesn't ramp it down. But let's go to our last guy here, Jalen Smith, a.k.a. Sticks. Bachi, this guy has really put me through an emotional roller coaster oh, yeah. of how I feel about him as a player. But it was good to see him in a, a video on the Pacers social media page with Obi Toppin. I really enjoyed that. They were kind of going back and forth saying, like, who's the better shooter? Who's the better this? Who's the better That dunker? was cool. That was fun. That was good to see him there. And he's got the buzz cut. He doesn't have the the longer hair that he had last year. I mean, Sticks, they, Obi even said he's got a better nickname. So I, uh, he was like, what's my nickname? It's like Sticks. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. So I like Jalen Smith. And my first goal for him was win the backup center spot and solidify himself as a permanent rotation player. I think that that's an easy goal that I think you're probably going to have too. I just feel like he has the best chance to win the backup center position because I think he complements Miles the most in terms of their same skill set. So overall, I, I really like Jalen Smith's talent. I just want to see it evolve a little bit more, similar to Isaiah Jackson, but I think he's just a little bit more fundamentally sound than um, Isaiah Jackson. And I think if you're looking at this team being a young team, you want to have 
a younger center kind of be the guy uh, of the future, kind of like the Jan Mahima to Roy Hibbert, right? That's what I'm hoping Jalen Smith can become. Yeah, I think when you said more fundamentally sound, I mean, this is a guy that was the former 10th overall pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was someone who was expected to, you know, be somebody in the league. And when he when the Pacers traded for him, he was somebody. He looked good. He looked like the guy who just needed an opportunity. Um, obviously, we had high expectations and things changed last year. You said win the backup center spot. How could I not have that? On my list. Of course, that's what the goal's got to be. That's the goal that I have for him is win the backup center spot because he was brought in here to not be a backup. He was brought in here to be the starting four when he re-signed. He's not a four. Uh, But the Pacers treated that that press conference like it was special with the special pen. Everything about it was supposed to say, hey, you know what? This, This, look what we did. We brought him back when the odds were stacked against us. Yeah, It hadn't worked out. He fell out of the lineup. Like I mentioned, he's not a four. He's a five. But he looks to be in great shape this year. And I know it's a business. And just as something could be handed, it could be taken away. That's what happened with his starting role and playing time. I really feel that that was probably a very humbling experience for Jalen Smith for it to be in a redemption year. And I do think that he can win that backup job because – he is, like you mentioned, more fundamentally sound. He's the guy that you feel can do a little bit of everything well. Like, you look at his numbers. He had, yeah, he had a down year. He definitely did. But I think it's kind of surprising when you say that he averaged nine and a half points per game in just under 19 minutes. Like, when did he even have the time to do that? Yeah. It was, And about six rebounds per game. It was just he was either playing or he wasn't playing at all, really. Just a couple of minutes here or there. I think this is going to be a bounce back scenario for Jalen Smith. But if Jalen can't win the backup job, I think he's probably opting out of his player option for the following year because he'll know there's not an opportunity for playing time moving around if if Isaiah Jackson beats him out and is brought back. That's a good point. And you you kind of hinted at my final goal for Jalen Smith when you were talking there, and that is, Bring your special Pacers pin to every game. Yes. You cannot keep that out of your sight because that is your lucky charm. If you've ever seen Arthur and his lucky pencil. Yep, I did. Great show. Awesome stuff. Arthur went everywhere with that lucky pencil. He could do whatever he wanted. So, Jalen, last year, you must have just put that special Pacers pin to the side because that that is where the magic is at. I mean, the excitement Kevin Pritchard had to give him that special Pacers pin. I mean out of this world but you know what I, I think that if he brings that special pacers pin that's gonna maybe help him be the the leading rebounder of the second unit and i think that that to me is a pretty good goal too i th- i think it is i mean hey you know i've had on, on my list a couple times hey be the, the six rebounds or be the second leading rebound of this team he can do it he did it last year i think that that is a, a great goal for jalen smith it's not the goal that I have next. I, you know, part of me wanted to cheat, add in another goal, but <laughs> I'm surprised. For, for mine, you could probably guess what it is, but it's improve as a three point shooter. It's getting back to being the three point shooter we saw two years ago. Think of this. Look, I think he's got to have a twin brother. Has to have a twin because I'll tell you why. When the Pacers traded for Jalen Smith, he shot thirty seven percent from three in the twenty two games after we traded for him. But his brother shot 28% from three for us last season. It was night and day. It, this could not have been the same player. 
Alex, I drove through each month. There was only one month where he shot even 30% mm. from three last year. He never looked good from three-point land. So I'm very confused as to what happened. There's no way that this guy just went from being a real good three-point shooter to just he he can't hit a three. So if Miles Turner is to miss time, Jalen, to me, looks like the closest thing in regards to the way Miles plays of being able to hit some threes, being able to rebound, being able to block shots, given a, a little bit of everything. Yeah. So I'm not sure, you know, if it's a confidence thing or anything, but to even return to being a decent three-point shooter would be much better than being a liability from three-point land. And that's kind of what Jalen Smith was last year, where it just felt like he couldn't hit the side of a barn last yeah. year. I think out of the back of bigs, he gives them the best chance to be a three-point threat he at, does. at the center position, which will open up a lot. I think he I don't think he's a better screener than Tyus. I actually think no, Tyus no. might be the best screener. That's on a strength. Team. Yes. So it, it's one of those things where it's like he's no, he's not going to be as good in like a dribble handoff situation or things like that. I mean, Tyus, I think he shot like 16% last year from three. Yeah, like that. it like, was bad, but just seven games. Super you know? small sample size coming off of a knee injury. Like I'm I'm not really counting that. Like career wise, he's probably like a below average, but like right there around the middle of the pack for the big men. So I just think Jalen Smith, like he's so young, he still has a lot to prove. And like you said, like he's got, he should have a chip on his shoulder. He, he, he really should. should be coming to camp ready to prove that he deserves to be the backup big. And I think role clarification is going to be huge because last year they were trying to play him out of position at the four. Didn't work. Guarantee him a starting spot to get him to resign. I think that was kind of their yep. their thought process, and it just didn't work out. And they like slowly like moved him out of that. Once they got the deal done, it's easier to you know kind of tread water when you're already got someone locked up instead of like when you're trying to get somebody locked up on a deal. So made a lot of sense why they did it, but I think at the end of the day, they realized and they knew all along that he was not their permanent spot at the four. That's why they've been actively trying to find someone to, to be that for. And maybe it is Obi Toppin, maybe it is Jairus Walker. We don't know, but I think that Jalen is for sure the backup five that this team needs. And I think that if he knows that that's what his likely role is going to be going into the year, it'll probably be easier to achieve than, okay, you're going to start next to miles and, and figure this out. And we've already seen the double bigs don't work. So I don't really think the Pacers believe that it would work long-term either. I think the Pacers pulled the plug pretty early, but I think they knew this is, this isn't it. This yeah. isn't it. And it's I think the chief. Yep. And I think that the Pacers did a great move of prioritizing the four spot this year to say, we got to get this addressed. We mm -hmm. have to. And we all felt for Jalen last year, but the one thing that, I think he did great was he didn't complain. You didn't hear all of this, like, you know, he wants to trade. He wants out of here. I just felt like he just worked. And when he when he was called upon at times, he had some pretty good games. And I think there was other times where we probably were like, hey, you should probably put Jalen Smith in a little bit more. But I think that this year, it just feels like a different year of having, you know, you mentioned having clarity on your role is extremely important. Well, now he's back to fighting for a role, knowing that nothing is, is going to be given to him. Playing time is not a guarantee, so you better get in the best shape that you can because he, he has the capabilities. I mean, I'm looking at his game log last year. He had, he had a game of 18 rebounds, 11 rebounds, 14, 15 rebounds, 10. I mean, there's a lot of guys on this roster that are not capable of that, and I think that he is someone that is a gifted rebounder. 
He is someone that can block shots. He's someone that, you know, when he had been on in the past from three-point land, it looked good, but it's just how consistent can you be? And I think that consistency is almost like a bonus goal for him is can you can you bring it night in, night out? Because if you can, hey, you're going to be just fine. You're 23 years old, just like we mentioned, still so young. But at this point, it's, it's just like uh, what have you done for me lately type of league. And he's got to prove it this year. No, you're totally right, Fachi. But I think this is a good time to wrap up our season goals. Uh, I want to thank everybody for sticking along with us as we've been going through this through the offseason, obviously. Not a whole lot to talk about. So you've been hearing us talk about different things. And that's why you're getting fun stories about soccer, bathroom, awkward situations. Like, we're just trying to make it fun. So it's not just strictly us talking about basketball all the time while we're in this dead spot. But we're getting closer to training camp, like Fachi mentioned. So basketball all the time on this podcast will kind of be a staple moving forward. But with that being said, Fotch, let the people know where they can find us at on social media. Absolutely. So you can find us on Twitter at setting the pace three. You can find Alex on Twitter at Alex golden NBA. I can be found on Twitter at underscore F a C C I. You can find us on Instagram at Pacers talk. You can find us on Facebook at setting the pace. You can find us on TikTok at setting the pace and Alex tell them where they can check us out on YouTube. Ladies and gentlemen, go to youtube.com slash setting the pace, a Pacers podcast where you'll find all of our video content. You can see my beautiful face. You can see Fachi's beautiful face and you can see what we look like. That way you're not just guessing what we might look like or sound like based on our audio. You might be a little bit surprised if you see us in person. But uh, with that being said, Fachi, if you're excited to see these three fellas in the front court prove their worth for this Pacers team, then hit me with those three words. Let's go Pacers! Going to the top, setting the pace, going to the top. This is your number one podcast, sweeping every team. We gon' need a mop, smooth. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.